it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, Mark Larson, thank you very much. And everyone, we want to welcome you to the first live edition of Ron Real Radio for 2017. It is our pleasure to have you hang with us tonight, and I think we're going to make it worth your while. we got a great show lined up for you tonight. First, right out of the gate, Captain Clay Williams, owner and operator of uh, Old Glory Sports Fishing, is going to be with us. Captain Clay right now is running up and down the Baja Coast, uh, down to Punta Colinet. The fishing there has been excellent. He's going to tell us all about it, uh, you know, right after a couple of words over here. And then later on, at 6 o'clock, pro angler Dean Rojas is going to be with us. Dean's going to talk a little bit about his 2000 fishing season and his 15th appearance coming on up next month in the Bassmaster Classic. So you want to make sure you're on with Dean. So that's the show for tonight. We might have a few other surprises too, but before we get on to our guest, let me introduce for 2017 the co-host of Rod and Reel Radio. First, the voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT and a pretty darn good fisherman in his own right. And Stan, welcome back. Stan Vandenberg. How you doing, guy? <laughs> well, thanks, John. Good evening, everybody, and Happy New Year. You know, well, this is already kind of stacking up to be an interesting start for our new year. We got rain in California. What's happening with that? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that after our interview with Clay, because I've gotten some weather reports from some of the people up in Northern California, and it is raining big time. We're going to... Oh. Maybe talk, talk a little bit about what that means. But, hey, before we do that, let me introduce to you the other co-host of Raw and Real Radio. She is the national sales manager for Iserline and one heck of an outdoor enthusiast in her own right in both fishing and hunting, Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, howdy. Howdy. Happy New Year and happy 2017. And, gosh, I can't wait for this season to get started. I think we're going to have an awesome year, and it's even better because we have water and the freshwater fishing is taking off. So, yep. Woohoo! And, you know, and believe it or not, here we are talking about the second week of January, and we still have some great saltwater fishing, and that's going to lead up to us introducing to you our first guest. He's the owner and operator of Old Glory Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing. Captain Clay Williams. Captain Clay, welcome to the show, sir. 
Well, thank you, thank you. Happy New Year to you guys. Oh. Thanks. Happy New Year back at you. Yeah. Hey, good New Year to you, uh, Captain Clay. You know, you know. before we talk about some of the things that are happening now, let's uh, go back. You know, uh, this is the time of year we like to think about the th- things that happened in 2016. How would you put 2016 in a nutshell when it comes to old glory sports fishing? Well, I'd like to say it was just quality tuna this year. Unbelievable bluefin fishing. It started the year early, ended it out on the Tanner Bank. I mean, we fished. We had good shots at large bluefin from the beginning of the season all the way pretty much till December, which is unbelievable. Wow, and you were able to cash in on that. Is is there any reason for us to believe, Clay, or is it is it just a, you know flipping the coin? Are those bluefin going to stay around? Are they going to go back south? Are they going to you know head back out over to Japan or wherever it is they go from? What are you thinking? Well, you know, I'd like to say I know the crystal ball answer on that thing, <laughs> but I don't. Um, you know, that bluefin out on the Tanner, I think there's still fish around there. There's a lot of squid out there. Um, a couple of the boats, the last day they were there, did catch them. Um, but we haven't been out looking at that stuff. Um, I don't, you know, it's here all year. It's been here for three years straight, which is unbelievable. It's oh, yeah. going to move. We just hope it isn't going to move far this year. Well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, because every year it's gotten bigger and bigger. If it gets bigger than that 290-pound stuff, that was floating around out there, it'll be an interesting next year. I mean, this year, 2017 might be a gangbuster. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, 2016, in my opinion, pretty much last couple of years is the most of that large, large bluefin just right here in front of the San Diego coastline. I mean, it's been unbelievable. Um, you know, I've been doing this since the 80s here, and it's by far the most I've seen in the local area. Oh, yeah, by far. And uh, it's pretty cool. You know, you just, like I said, every night on our trips, you know, we might not go out and catch hundreds of fish, but you're going to be able to have a chance to catch fish of a lifetime almost every day this summer. And that was, a, that was an awesome time. And look how many people did that this year. They got they never got a, a, a bluefin or maybe 20 pounds on that little stuff that was out here for the last few, and all of a sudden they get a shot at catching really that fish of a lifetime. You could catch a cow bluefin off the California coast. That's nuts. Yeah, it's pretty good, pretty good. And after that Wahoo run we had the year before, yeah, you know, we've had some, we've had some very unusual fishing, which has been great. It is. Wow, and you know what was really nice? You know those big bluefin, they were really tough to hook up. They were great to see because they were sending their schooling on bait or whatever it was they were feeding on. But as you got later and later to the season, all of a sudden some of those fish started biting and, and started biting pretty well. What, did, uh, uh, what were the results of, of some of the trips that you did on, when it come to, came to landing some of these big fish, Clay? Well, you know, we had our good days and we had our tough days. Um, you know, as the season went on and they got on the squid, we were able to fish heavier equipment for them. And I think that really heightened the odds of us to catch them. Um, and even when we asked guys to come out, with the heavier stuff, you know, it's, it's, you don't imagine what you're getting yourself into until you get into it. So as the season went on, I believe people started to kind of get the grasp of what we were going out after. And it made a big difference. You know, the fish were biting better, and people were bringing the better equipment, and uh, we had a better fighting chance of catching them. 
Well, you know, it seemed like it was a crazy thing when uh, those uh, bluefin were first uh, found off the uh, Tanner Bank uh, in December of uh, 2014. They were really skittish, and I remember we were fishing them with 15-pound fluorocarbon, and, you know, they were, you know, 20, 30-pound fish. And, uh, boy, you try and do that right now, and you'd be uh, uh, dead out of luck. It seems like uh, those fish have grown up maybe – Maybe they're sticking around and liking it here in our waters in Southern California. You, you think those are the same fish, or are there new fish moving in and out all the time, Clay? You know, I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, there's fish moving in and out, and I think there's also fish that are staying in here. And, you know, whether or not you're on, you're, the ocean's a big ocean. And you get out there one day and you hit on that that big bluefin, it might only be 15, 20 miles away, but you don't see it the next day. You see right. another school of fish. You know, it turns into that 40 to 60-pound stuff in that area that you saw all the big stuff in. And you're like, well, this stuff moved in. But I just think those fish are moving around at all times. So you might miss them by a little bit, you know, and a day or two later, all of a sudden we're back on them. Um, you know, so I think those things are just following the food source, to be honest with you. If they've got food... They're going to eat it. You know, if it's easy eating, why move? Well, that's exactly the, the point. I mean, that stuff moves where the, right. the food is because if there's nothing there, they aren't there either. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, I know the last report that we had of uh, any bluefin off the sports fishing boats, the Electra out of Oceanside, had about seven or eight of them during the Christmas time. Have you heard any other reports of either out of the sports fishing industry or the private boaters still finding fish out there? You know, I haven't. Um, you know, I got into family mode here for a little bit after the season. Didn't we all? And, um, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard much about them. Um, you know, we have started going down to Colinette. Yeah. Fishing down there, and the, and the yellowtail fishing down there has been very good. Um, it's been pretty good quality yellowtail. I'd say like 12 to 30-pound fish, 12 to 25-pound fish, something like that. Okay. And uh, it's been fun. You know, it's really good, great fishing. You get Rock cod, lean cod, everything mixed in it, which is very enjoyable. Well, Clay, you know, tell us a little bit about the trips that uh, you're running on the Old Glory uh, down there. Uh, uh, are they day-and-a-half trips, say two-and-a-half-day trips? Uh, uh, when are you running them? And let's talk a little bit about your schedule. Well, right now what we're doing is we go into our school groups. We take the San Diego School District and uh, – even Arizona and all over, we do a floating lab on the boat in the wintertime. And so Monday through Friday, we're going to take school kids out, and we study the bay. We'll troll the bay. We'll catch shrimp and seahorses, all kind of stuff in the net. We'll do water samples. We have microscopes. We can check out slides of the water and see the different, um, different animals that are in it and everything. We have a botanist on the boat, a biologist, excuse me, on the boat. It um, explains it to all the children, and it's a class they take. So we do that Monday through Friday right now. Neat. And That's then great. on the weekends, we're running down and doing the colonnette trip. Okay, and is it leaving Thursday night, leaving Friday night, and you're doing day-and-a-half trips, uh, two-and-a-half-day trips, or, uh, and are you open charter right now? Right now we are open party. We are leaving Friday night, fishing day-and-a-half, returning on Sunday morning. All right. Um, every weekend through the whole winter. Well, um, you know but, how uh, you know how are you going after those yellowtail there right now? Are are you fly lining them? Or are you yo yo fishing them? Uh, 
what's the best technique, and what do you recommend when it comes to gear that the fishermen bring with you when they're coming on down there? In the last few weeks, it seems like the yo-yo iron has been working really good. Um, yo-yo fishing's been good. At times, we're getting them to come up and boil in the, on the chum, and we have been hooking some fish on the fly line or the sliding sinker. Very, you know, it's been pretty good fishing on the live bait also. But for the most part, the yo-yo iron has been the key. All right. And uh, with regards to the rock fishing, uh, uh, what are you doing down there? What type of rigs are you fishing with, uh, pound test, all that type of stuff? Well, you know, you know, I left that out on the yo-yo. I'd suggest 40-pound test on your, on your, on your uh, yo-yo rod, 40 or 50. Um, you know, in case you look a big, big yellow there, so you can pull them up out of the rocks and get them down at the bottom there. You've got to kind of get the head turned to start with. Now, for the rock cotton, there's been a lot of red crab. And that's what these fish are down here feeding on. I like that bluefin that's feeding on up North Pole out there. But um, that we've been using the red irons. And for the rock fish, and a lot of the little red or orange shrimp flies with a little piece of squid on it. It's been working phenomenal. We're catching lean cod and big reds and all that on the little shrimp fly and the squid. Now, for the rock fishing, uh, Captain Clay, uh, when you're fishing here in U.S. waters, you can only have so many hooks on your ganyan. But when you go down to Mexico, it changes a little bit. And uh, tell us about your rig that you're using for rock cod fishing down there. Well, you know, it does change. But for the most part, we're running two hooks. Um, you know, we don't try to try to load them up. We've been getting pretty close to limits of rock cod every day, and we're really fishing yellowtail, if that makes sense. It's, it's, it's pretty good fishing. Um, so we've been mainly just rigging up two hooks, and at times when the yellows are there, we're rigging one dropper loop real high with a long dropper loop on it with a live bait and then running the shrimp fly down below that. So we're actually hanging yellows down on the bottom while we're catching our rock cod. Well, that's, so that's That's been working out pretty good. In fact, the other day we had a red and a yellow on the dropper loop. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is great. Now, you're talking about yellowtail fishing. We're talking in, you know, winter yellowtail fishing. Do you remember uh, going on back uh, that... You've had this good of yellowtail fishing at this time of the year down there? Well, you know, yeah, we've had good yellowtail fishing down there. You know, last year it was good down there, very good, actually, um, about this time of year. And I remember throughout the winters, throughout time, that we've had this fishing down here. Um, a lot of it is being there and catching them on the days they want to bite and being down there with the and seeing them when they're wanting to bite. And, you know, going on the weekend, sometimes that's, you know, tough. And in years past, I think a lot of times, a lot of those fish might have been around, but you're not seeing them so much. With the equipment that we have in the boats now, we're seeing more fish, you know, with the nicer sonars that we got and up and down meters that have got all the, we're able to separate these fish. Where before, you're not, set, you're not being able to separate them from the bait and the fish down there, if that makes sense. Well, you're, you're saying that you're also catching some fish on squid down there. So you go into the rate bait receiver and, and filling up on bait there. What kind of bait do you have there? And then are you making squid somewhere along the way? No, we haven't been making a live squid. I do have, gosh, 
probably 75 pounds of live squid that we've frozen from the fish in that bluefin out to the west. Oh, nice. But we're also, you know, mainly it's just strip, strip, cut, strip squid on those shrimp flies. It didn't, you know, fish in the live bait on the bottom like what you're thinking. Um, so we're mainly just using frozen squid on that stuff, and we're just stripping it out. Um, and, you know, we're, we are dropping down a sardine with it also. You know, we're catching rock cod and yellows on that sardine. Wow. Hey, uh, uh, Captain Clay, we've got to take a break right now. Is there any way I can ask you to stay over uh, for a little bit? Sure. I'll hold on here. Hey, we are speaking with Captain Clay Williams, owner-operator of Old Glory Sport Fishing out of H&M Landing. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but stay tuned. There's still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance tuned. 
Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Our special guest tonight is Captain Clay Williams, owner-operator of Old Glory Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing. And again, Captain Clay, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Hey, uh, you know, well, we've talked a little bit about uh, your running trips uh, up and down the uh, Baja Coast to Punta, uh, Punta uh, Colonnette, uh, uh those trips right now, with the bite that you have, have to be pretty popular. So you just can't show up uh, to the dock and sign on. It's best to make a reservation, I would imagine. Well, you know, our last trip, we did have a few openings left. We, um, we ran with 20, well, we had 26 passengers. Our, our, our total is 30 on the boat for these trips. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, I think we're going to start building it up, and uh, people wanna, are going to like this trip. You know, it's been very good fishing. Um, you know, this... This last trip, we did run down the coast. We didn't fish at Colonnette itself. We ran down below Colonnette, down between Colonnette and San Martin Island. Oh, wow. Um, there was some good fishing down there a few weeks ago. With We were looking for that big hit, you know, that really, really good hit of fish. But, you know, we never found that. We did end up with 54 yellows yesterday, which isn't bad. You know, we had our shots and uh, very, very good rock cotton. We had... Shallow water rock. We were fishing a little shallower than we've been at Colonnette. And we had phenomenal red red rock cod. And, I mean, just a mix of everything. Reds, whitefish, lean cod, um, chuckle heads, just a little bit of everything. All good eating fish. It was fish. very enjoyable. The weather was just beautiful. I mean, gorgeous out. So wow. it was um, a rather enjoyable trip. Um, we didn't go to Colonnette because there was a lot of boats there yesterday. And I was afraid it was going to shut it down, but it didn't. It did really good out there. So I was kicking myself in the rear there because, you know, I kind of went for the gamble. Um, but the guys, we had a great trip anyway. You know, we had a really good time. We had a really good group of people on the boat. And, uh, you know, everybody enjoyed, enjoyed the trip thoroughly. But I know this coming weekend we are going to go back to the high spot at Colonnette. Um, just because there is a really good, great yelltail there. It was biting real good this weekend. Uh, Ray, uh, uh, Clay, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about Old Glory Sports Fishing, because I've got to tell you, to have a day-and-a-half trip and to make it between Punta Colonnette and San Martin Island, that's a pretty good run, and it just shows uh, the length that you'll go to get your guys on fish. Tell us a little bit about the Old Glory for some of our listeners that are not familiar with the boat. Well, the Old Glory is the old Cherokee Geisha. It's one of the original long-range boats out of San Diego. It's an 85-foot, um, it's a double-plank mahogany hull boat. We've gotten repowered in it last year. Um, all new generators and engines. Um, we were able to make that run. It wasn't a, you know, we, we only ran down there at 12 and a half, 13 knots, and we got there at daybreak. We're 150 miles down in the morning. Yeah. So, um, and we saw a lot of yellowtail. You know, we, we, we had our chances at it. Um, 
but they were a little squirrely. You know how the yellows can get at times. I was going to say, yellowtail, the yellowtail fishing, if you, you can get on top of them and they just don't want to bite, and they can be in mass, and then you move to the next high spot and they're all over it, and that's just fishing. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and even you know, the same school, you hit it once, it doesn't bite, you go back and see it in an hour, and, man, it wants to bite like it, you know, like you never, yep. you don't understand why it didn't bite at first. Yep. Um, and I think that's a lot of conditions. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a current, and the conditions changing throughout the day. I have a question. Mm-hmm. On your on the yellowtail, um, is there a particular color jig that they're biting? I, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Is there a particular color jig that they're biting the yellowtail? You know, I I will say yes and no. Um, guys are catching them on every color: blue, white, scrambled egg, um, all that. But it seemed like that red crab color was biting pretty darn good. Kind of reddish and oranges jig right um you know and that you know if you last year that was the same deal um that red jig was was a pretty hot pretty hot jig i think that kind of goes across the board that red crab had a, a huge influence and we don't know that it's not still around i mean you're pulling up fish i bet that are spitting red crab still uh, there's stuff with it i mean it's all I mean, over so. the surface down there we got there's birds all sitting on it eating it it's it's down there right now it, it's all the way. It, it's all the way up and down the Pacific coast. I mean, when we were down in Clarion, the hot ticket is if you have that little tiny shrimp fly that that uh, Sabiki makes, number eight, and it's it's like it looks like a, something you'd fish at Crowley instead of something you'd be fishing for the mackerel with down there. But they wanted that little tiny red uh, fly with a bead on it that. They would imitate the small baby red crab that's in the water down there. It has that red crab has got an influence all across the board, all the way up the, the coast here, including you know in Catalina. It's I think it's going to be another big factor this season. Well, you know, we're, we're all we just want the red crab to leave so they bite, but we want the red crab to stay so they stay. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's exactly it. Like I said, if they have something to eat they're less likely to leave. And right now we have a lot of red crab. They're split out on the banks. You know, there's reasons for these fish to stay around. What's so we're the, hoping that's going to keep them. What's there. the water temps down there? What's the, what, what's the difference between here and... You know, we're fishing for about 61 and a half to 62, 3, something like that. Um, oh. It seems like when we get up into that right at 62 degrees, it's biting good. Um, you know, a couple of mornings maybe... The first hour at 61.7, and then it jumps up a couple of tenths, and, man, they're biting. Um, and there's a little pocket of water that's been sitting down there that's kind of helping us out a little bit. Captain Clay, uh, you talk about the red crab. Do, do you really think that the red crab is slowly beginning to retreat back down south as our water cools off? Or are they in an area where, you know, for all you can tell, uh, they might be staying? Uh, it, how far north do you start running into red crab? Well, you know, I'd like to say I know the answer on that, but I've been running south here for, you know, a little while. Our last trip out to the west, we were on the squid, and we didn't see as much red crab out there as we had them. Now, you know, I wasn't up at night, and when they were driving over all that area in the middle, and, and I didn't really ask many questions on how much red crab they saw. Okay. Well, the squid are there, um, they're eating the red crab, too, so... I know when we're heading down the beach, we see more and more as we go down south. 
Yeah. And for a while here, it was right in front of our harbor. <laughs> so I want to say, yes, maybe it is moving a little bit south on us now. Wow. So, okay, so we're booked uh, to go aboard uh, the old glory. Uh, we know we're going to be a day and a half uh, going down to uh, the Baja Peninsula. Tell us the way uh, a fisherman should gear up with regards to rods and reels and the uh, type of equipment he should be bringing with him. Well, what I would bring, if you got all the rods you need, I would bring a surface iron jig stick, a yo-yo jig stick, a rod that you can fish deep water rock cod with, um, preferably with spectra on it so that you can feel the bites down there. And also a rod that you can fly line a bait with, maybe a 25 or 30-pound outfit. Um, in, the, in, the, in the rock cod, you know, I'd have spectra with maybe a 40-pound leader on there, just so you're not losing all your weights. Um, but I think those four rods will pretty much cover what we're doing right now. Um, because sometimes those yellows are coming up and boiling all around the boat. I think we caught six fish on the surface iron yesterday. Nice. Now, there was only two guys fishing the surface iron. They caught three a fish, three fish apiece on the surface iron. Wow. Um, you know, most of the fish were caught on the yo-yo iron. But, you know, that's opportunistic. You know, you see the fish and you see the birds working and you, you make that proper cast and get one. Did there seem to be better quality fish on the surface, uh, better quality fish on the yo-yo, or didn't really make any difference? You know, I don't think it made much of a difference. Um, you know, down the beach when we went yesterday, they were a little bit smaller fish up along along the coast there. Out at Colinette, there's that, there's that good grade of fish on the high spot. And then there's a couple of schools down below there that are a little, you know, all that, I'd say 25 to 30-pound average. But they didn't respond too much for us. Um, you know, we got back on that 12 to 25 pound fish, and it was it was jumping up on our bait real good. But there's a couple of couple of different bodies of fish down there that are roaming around, and it's you know any time now all of them can bite. So um, it's kind of it's very it's it, it's interesting to see what we're seeing down there. There's a good body of fish down there. I think we're going to have a real good winter here. You know, for years and years, this is going back to the 80s because you've been around since then, you used to see there's always a January yellowtail bite even up in the Coronado sometimes. Uh, but that stuff wanted to stay around, and some of that bigger fish was even around then. So uh, it's not surprising, and Colinette's been holding fish for the last two years, which is pretty good. So, And it boons well for the oncoming season here that they're still there and still wanting to bite. Yeah, we're, we're very pleased with it. I mean, you know, we've... Anytime you can go down and have the fishing we've had the last few weeks in the middle of the wintertime, it's, you know, I like to say it's good living. Yeah. <laughs> we have a good time down there, and it's a, it's a great trip. You know, it's very, a lot less, you know, the fishing, you're driving around all day. To have that 20 minutes of mayhem or an hour or two of mayhem, down here we're, we're catching fish almost every single stop. I don't think we had a stop yesterday we didn't catch a fish. Nice. Wow. You know, which is good. awesome. You know, you're yeah, fishing all day long. Well, fishing a day and a half trip is really neat because uh, you sleep on the way down there, and with the speed that you're getting on down there, you start fishing your gray light, and I'm going to presume you fish all the way until sunset, and you serve some great meals. Uh, everyone hits the sack, 
and you're back uh, at the dock uh, early morning. And if you got to process your fish, you can. If you want to take them home, you can too. Uh, tell us about the amenities that the uh, uh, Old Glory uh, offers their fishermen. Well, you know, it is it is one of the original long-range boats. So we are set up with, you know, we do have some staterooms up front. Most of it is berth, um, bunk berth seating, or sleeping, excuse me. Um, we are up, you know, we are doing the breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We usually have a tri-tip or steak dinner every night, um, you know, with the breakfast menu, just whatever you want to choose, um, which is nice. And we have a really good cook. Our, our cook, Chappie, he's awesome. Um, anybody has been out in the boat knows him all the all the guys that work on the boats know his burritos in the morning. He's known for them. Chappie's been around for a while, and he's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy. You know, he makes fresh salsa for us every night, make up chips of salsa and stuff on the way out. And, you know, he's just a good guy. Good guy to have in the galley, and he works hard. And, and you know, he serves up a really good dinner, really good meals. And uh, then we've got two hot showers, you know, for everybody to take a hot shower at night and get a hot shower, get down and get in your bunks, air-conditioned bunk room. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good little setup. You know, we're made, we can run, you know, long-range trips on it, even though we're only, you know, we're doing day and a half right now. Um, so it's a very comfortable boat. It's an 85-foot boat, like I said, very comfortable riding boat, all new engines. Um, so it's running really nice right now. You know, it's, it's a pretty good setup. Well, Captain Clay, we're going to ask you to uh, dust off your crystal ball, put your turban on, become a prognosticator. Uh, the A-word, uh, uh, got any feeling t- towards that one way or the other? Well, I'll say this winter looks awesome. You know, we're having storms. We're getting a lot of rain. We're getting storms in which we need in Southern California. And I feel when we get rain, we get bait, thin bait the next, mo- next year. I'm looking for some thin bait around next year. You know, we're going to see more and more of it. Um, as we have thin bait, that's what we usually have in our tanks. I see good fishing coming along with it. Well, I can make, I'll make a prediction. I'll, I will predict that someone will catch an albacore off California coast in Southern California this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sure hope so. And I'll make a bet that it's probably one of the tasks. <laughs> well, you know, we did get a few this year. Yeah, we did. You know, I know we were in a jig strike, and the producer pulled up next to us and, and caught three, two or three albacore right next to us one day. <laughs> and we were out fishing elephant. I mean, that's all we saw. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you never know. It could Don't. be here, and I like, I like that. We need some albacore. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, yes, sir. Well, you know, we're getting weather reports even as we speak here from uh, Northern California. I've got one from... Uh, uh, Santa Rosa, and they've already had eight inches of rain in the past uh, 12 hours and 45-mile-an-hour uh, wind. So maybe there's going to be enough dirty water in the ocean where the uh, albacore are going to go, hey, we don't want to go that far north this year. Let's uh, stay in the Southern California waters and have a good time here. You know exactly exactly what we like to see. Those storms are way up north. You know, even yesterday there was some weather coming through up north. Down where we're at, it is flat like a lake. I mean, it was like, it, I mean, you could put your coffee cup on the dash all day yesterday, and it would not move. It was it was gorgeous. So seeing those northern storms, we'll maybe get a little cut off on that albacore and push it in our way. Wow. Well, Captain Clay Williams from Old Glory Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing. People want to get a hold of you, find out more about the trips that are available, 
book a trip, find out about the amenities, anything about Old Glory Sports Fishing and how to get aboard with you. How's the best way to do it? Well, you can call H&M. We're uh, H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. They can bring in everything about the boat while we're on the water. Or you can call my cell number. I'll give you my cell number. Anybody can call me. My number is 858-354-5712. And I will uh, tell you what I know, too. <laughs> well, you know, it, so- it sounds like with the fishing the way it is right now, It'd be crazy not to uh, to go on out there, especially fill up the freezer with some great rockfish, and still go out and get some yellowtail. Yellow, you know, yellowtail in January, especially if you can go down and get the numbers that you're talking about down there. Great fishing, no reason to, not to do it. No, it's it's great fishing. You know, it's enjoyable fishing. Very, very enjoy- Like I said, from sun up to sundown, we're fishing and catching fish, and that's awesome. All right. Captain Clay Williams, Old Glory Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing. Thanks a lot for taking some of your Sunday evening to be with us. Uh, I hope you had a great uh, holiday, and, and we're looking for 2017 to be the uh, the icing on the cake compared to what we see in the past uh, few seasons. Uh, we look forward to seeing you on the water, Captain Clay. All right. Thank you. You guys have a great evening, and uh, Happy New Year to everyone. Thanks, happy New Clay. Year. Hey, yeah. Man. Uh, it's just great fishing down there right now. No reason not to go, guys. Hey, let's uh, take a break right now. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. You're listening to Rod and Reel Radio on AM540 or at roddenreelradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory-authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory-authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net. Angler Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of western plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. 
Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Dan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio, and I hope you took heed to that Rock Lease commercial. Go to your local tackle store and pick up one of the Rock Lease devices. You know, we were just talking about bottom fishing, and a lot of times when you're bottom fishing, you'll bring up, and there'll be a lot of smaller fish that you don't want to keep, you don't want to add them to your, uh, uh, your bag uh, limit, and so you release them. Well, a lot of times if they come out of deeper water, they just kind of go floating away, and you wind up killing them, and, and the seagulls pecking away at them or whatever it is. With the Rockley's uh, Barotrauma Release System, you take those fish, you just hook it up to the Rockley's, you send them back down from where they came from, and they swim away to go be caught another day. So go to your local tackle stores, especially if you're planning on getting in on some of this great rockfish fishing that we're seeing right now and ask for the rock lease you you'll uh, really feel good for having one with you hey guys you know 2017 there's a lot of things happening and and first thing i want to do is i want to congratulate wendy wendy i understand during the holidays you've been going through a regiment to make yourself one lean mean machine what have you been doing lady yeah, I lost 20 pounds in six weeks with the Camp Transformation Center. It's kind of like a boot camp, and uh, I worked my butt off. It was hard, but uh, I did it. Wow. Yeah. That's so tough. You want to you wanna get in shape and uh, get going for uh, some of these fishing trips you're going to have coming up in 2017. Heck, yeah. I want to be able to pull on those big tuna again. That a girl. Hey, what Stan, I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, Stan, uh, Clay was talking about yo-yo fishing, and you want to talk a little bit about some of the techniques of yo-yo fishing. Uh, if you're on the drift or if you're on the pick, uh, what size uh, lure to use? Do you cast out? Do you let it go down the bottom, or do you just release it right there at the rail? Talk to us a little bit about yo-yo fishing, will you? Well, that's easy. Well, it's not easy because you have to have the right setup first and and really what i i like is a six to six and a half foot rod there's several good ones on the market but you want something that's at least a 50 to 60 pound rod um you want the short rod because you don't need a long rod for yo-yo fishing you're fishing the bottom and reeling straight up if you want to make long casts you know for surface iron then you've got to have the uh, different reel and a different rod for that altogether. but if you're yo-yo fishing i mean at 50 pound is what you really your target 60-pound can be, depending on how far down you're going, how big are these fish that you're going to be catching. And you'll use anything from uh, the Taddy 4.0 is a real favorite of mine, or the Salus 
6X or 7X heavies, not the lighter weight stuff. There's a lot of new baits that are coming out uh, that are on the market nowadays because uh, it, it was such a great year for throwing iron. It, I mean, you could go into a tackle shop and there was nothing on the walls, literally. Yeah. So, you know, go in early if you're going to think you're going to be fishing this year and start collecting the iron that you want to throw now. But 6X, uh, Salas, the Taddy 4 over the heavies, the, the Taddy's got a couple of different versions uh, of that uh, heavier lure, and you can look different styles of that Taddy. Um, when you pick up the bait, you can see the some have a rounded end, some have a squared end. One has a bigger swing than the other. There's a little bit of difference in all that. When you get into the reels, you want a fast reel, something you can turn the handle and pick up as much line as you as you can. Um, I like that HX uh, that all uh, that makes because you can pick up a lot of line real quick, and you've got a ton of torque when when the fish eats. You can keep him coming. I like that Seeker 6660. Uh, six and a half foot rod or the 6660X H that's got some horsepower to it. One of those um, type rods where you can get the fish on and still have lift power. Lift power is something that's really important in a fishing rod, and I don't care what type of fishing you're doing. If you don't have uh, the rod, some of them, if you see a rod, for instance, and on the, the rating it goes, you know, 10 pounds to 100 pounds, you got to wonder what that rod's really <laughs> What what it's really good for? <laughs> you need something that was in the old days they used to do that. But sure, you want something that targets that that line class that you are going to be using. And when if you get a rod that doesn't have lift power, that's why the composites came in with the old fiberglass rods, the e-glass, where uh, the fiberglass rods would bend to a point, and then they they just were bottomed out. They didn't have any lift. They went to S-glass as a firmer uh, fiberglass type, um, and it, it has more lifting power. They put the composite into that with a graphite and that S-glass, and now you've got something that will really pull, and um, it makes a difference when you're fishing these bigger fish, and that's where the rail fishing really came into play because you need something that will recoil. Recoil on those rods is, is important. So when you're looking for yo-yo fishing, you're going to take that rod. that You want to make sure you've got monofilament. Don't don't worry about your 100% spectron yo-yo. You want to be able to throw the line out there with your uh, with your iron on it, and you're not falling far. You just got to hit the water. Let it sink all the way to the bottom. As soon as it hits the bottom, put the reel into gear and wind 30 winds as fast as you can. That, that'll that get the, that lure coming back up the bottom. As soon as you get about 30 winds up, click it out of gear and let it go back down to the bottom again and reel it about halfway, whatever your judgment is, about halfway back to the boat, and then if you don't get bit, let it all the way back down and then reel it all the way back up. It's a three-process thing. So that's your yo-yo part of the way up, back down, part of the way back up or halfway back, and then all the way down and then all the way back up on your last one, uh, and that's yo-yo fishing. You'll find that your shorter rod definitely because you're going to have to have lift power, especially with yellowtail, yeah, when they want to go, they want to go, and they're going to turn and find the rocks if you don't have the right rod and Stan, the right reel. Stan, do you find that when you're yo-yoing, you normally get hit on the uh, uh, the wind-in or on the flutter down, or is it 50-50? It can be both. You know, literally nowadays, you with the fishing that we've had, um, you'll drop it out there, and all of a sudden it'll go boink on the way down. you got to start reeling right there. Some of the new baits that are on the water, by the way, that they have like these new uh, 
um, you know, the flat ball type jigs. There's one that yeah. Wendy was using that's a sniper. The oh, sniper, that thing. You know, those things have been working really well. They fall a little differently, um, but they can get bit on the on that fall pretty regular. I used them on the tuna down at the Clarion. Uh, and the, even the, some of them have a, a pretty flat pull when you come, come back in, they don't spin. Um, the Wahoo ate them really well, too. So you can really have a lot of different things that come into play depending on where you're at uh, as you go south. But primarily you want something that will get down to the bottom. You can reel it back up. Usually a lot of the times they want it as it lifts off the bottom, that first 30 or so cranks is where you'll, you'll usually get bit unless there's really suspended midday somewhere in that, that uh, water column. But that usually coming off that rock bottom or whatever they're on a high spot, uh, whatever's coming up through that mass of fish gets bit as it's coming through the, the fish. And they'll usually the skippers will tell you, you know, that fish is at, you know, 20 feet off the bottom or whatever that is, you know, get a bait down there and, and hold on for dear life. So, uh, yeah, and when you get bit, you can't stop grinding. Don't, don't feel the fish. Oh, I want to feel how heavy it is. No, 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 no. Turn the uh-huh. handle, turn the handle, turn the handle. I try to get that fish's nose up and get him turned from going back down to the bottom. Because if he turns and there's kelp or rock down there, you're pretty much toast. Or if you get too long a cast and it's way out and you're drifting and maybe you're coming up over a rock edge and he takes off running, that's where you're going to get pretty dicey because when he goes down, he goes over that edge and he'll break you off on the rocks again. You when know, you, when, you, when, on, when, when, you use, um, when you use the tatties, I love using the tatties. But also those Colt snipers, there are so many different ways that you can retrieve that. And sometimes it's just like when you're bass fishing and let's say you're spooning and you're in deep water and sometimes you want to jig and you, you bring your rod tip up and you jerk it up, jerk it up, and then let it fall. And then reel some in. And then jerk it up, jerk it up, and let it fall. Let it flutter and then reel it in. It, it's there, And you can, even, you can burn it. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. It's such a versatile jig. You can also put a bend in it, so it gives it a little more of a wobble. Yeah, Stan, when you or Wendy, when you let that jig flutter down, are you trying to keep uh, in contact it with the taunt line, or do you want a little slack in the line, uh, and uh, you know the fish takes off with it? Uh, do you want to keep it slack so that 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 lure flutters better, or do you want to keep contact with that line as it's fluttering down? Yeah, no, I just let it flutter down by itself um, without, you know, keeping contact because when you pull it up, it's like you get all that, you get a huge amount of, you get a bow, right? And then you just let it flutter flutter down. If you give it some tension or keep it tight, it's, gonna, um, it's, it's going to affect the fall of the jig. You just want to let it free fall. You know, how, oh, Stan, how about hooks, hook selection? Sometimes you see a treble hook on, uh, you know, the 7Xs, sometimes you see a siwash or a single hook. Is there a benefit one way or the other? I, I'm a, well, if you're going to fish yellowtail, I think treble hook is fine. That, that, that's probably as good as you're going to get because the one thing about yellowtail, they don't care how big the hook is. Uh, you can be used in a 7-aught in, in a single sardine, and they'll still eat it. They don't care. Um, or, or a slab, same thing, big hook and a slab. That yellow, the one thing about yellowtail is they'll just eat. If they're in the eating mode, you're going to get them. Um, there was another bait, and I don't know the name of the thing. It was uh, It's one of the newer baits came out. It's an iron that uh, came into play on the bluefin here at the end of the season. 
um, when they were boiling around. And the guys, which one? I think it's a PK shoot. I don't know. There's a. It was a newer style of that same same type of thing with the two hooks on it, and I pulled the two hooks off of that. But it it would come through the water without twisting, which was a real boon for throwing on top of that bluefin when it was boiling. You could burn it and wouldn't twist your line. Uh, and it had all kinds of different colors to it, but um, I cannot remember the name of the one. Uh, the guys were using a lot of them. I picked up a couple of them. They had the Wahoo actually ate them pretty well, too. Uh, but there's a lot of them out there on the market now. There's some new ones that I've seen. Uh, we'll have to get a couple of these guys to come out and talk uh, about uh, what their new products are. you got guys like Gary and, and the gang from... Uh, that do all of the repaint of your old jigs. There's so many guys out there that know how to do that now, and the shrink wrap that you can put over the top of them to redo the old baits that you've got in your garage. So get ready for this upcoming season by playing around with that stuff that you have get it repainted. I did <laughs> perfect example. I had a Marauder. I can't find them. It was in the garage. It, it, I couldn't get bit on this particular color. It was red and yellow and black polka dots and white, and it just didn't work. I ended up spray-painting the thing with purple uh, paint that I had, spray paint can, and another one that was a fluorescent pink, but it was kind of real see-through, but I just spun the thing and got some pink on the tail end of this thing, and it dripped all over, and it was really ugly looking, and I just threw it in a box and figured out what the heck, and it, I took it on the long-range trip down to Clarion Island with us, and at Alejos Rocks, I got my crew out there, and my boys, they had to make their own Wahoo bomb and catch their own Wahoo on the Wahoo bomb, and the first guy who catches one on his own bomb catch, gets a $1,000 rod and reel combo. So I'm on the, the troll with a couple other guys that have volunteered to, to see what we can do. And I put that dog on painted weird bait in the water, and they ate the tar out of it for the whole trip. Uh, so it got nicknamed Hot Rod. Um, but you can do that with your iron, and uh, there's so many different colors out there that are working, on, and these guys now that do custom painting on your baits, um, it would behoove you to start looking and start thinking ahead uh, with what you're going to be doing this year. It looks like it's going to be another great year. Um, if you don't know, you can take them to John. These guys in the tackle shops know where to go and what to throw. You can find out from them ahead of time. So, do your a little homework. It's like that rock release. I got to get one for bass fishing. It's winter time. Start thinking ahead. I'm going to be catching fish deep. I want to be able to release that fish if if I catch them, and it's not going to help my limit any. Little things like that can make a, your your fishing year a whole lot better. You know, and now's the time to go to your local store and get the things like the Colt snipers and the flat falls and all these things that we're talking about. Even. Even the uh, uh, Orca poppers and a lot of the other things that have worked because stores are stocked up with them right now. As soon as that bite starts, man, everything goes. The manufacturers, you know, they're trying to guess ahead of time what's going to be available, but they don't want to overstock to be uh, left with a lot of them. Same with the stores. So if you see the lures that you were fishing with or that you heard about were catching fish during the summer, now's a good time to go into your local tackle store and pick it up. Even it got- hooks. I mean, look at look at Wendy. <laughs> Some of the gang, you couldn't find hooks in the middle of the season because everybody bought them. Oh, so that's you, right. You got it. Hey, guys, we got to take a break right now. Hey, coming up next in the second hour, we're going to change uh, gears a little bit. We're going to go to the freshwater side. Pro angler Dean Rojas from Southern California here is going to be with us. Not only has Dean been uh, fishing the circuit since 2000, 
but he will be making his 15th appearance in the 2017 Bassmaster Classic. We're going to catch up with Dean, find out how 2016 went with him, and talk to him a little bit about how he's preparing for the Classic. So stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a bit set back with just what company to go with? Rod and Reel Radio urges you to try American and family-owned Land's End Charters. Land's End Charters offer their clients affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with their brand name fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a family-run business with over 50 years of experience. Go to landsendcharters.com to see all the current vessels and amenities available and call Cabo Greg or Jenny directly at 800-281-5778 when you're ready to get fishing. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat rain or shine. Of course I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. 
Rod and Real Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Hey, we didn't plan that one spot, but it just seemed like it worked out <laughs> exactly right. I sound so young. <laughs> you were. It was 20 years ago. <laughs> hey, uh, Stan, hey, Wendy, Dan, and I. Hi, Wendy. Hey, Don, how are you doing this evening? Yeah, well, hey, for those of you that are just turning in because you wanted to hear the segment, Stan, Wendy, and I are happy to bring to you Dean Rojas. Dean, <laughs> hey, a good new year to you, Dean. I hope everything is going well for you. Happy New Year to all you guys, and uh, looking forward to a fabulous 2017 and ready to kick it off. Well, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Happy New Year to you and your family. <laughs> hey, uh, Thank you, Wendy, you too. You know, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, 2016, just in a nutshell, Dean. I, I know you always want to do better, but you have uh, qualified for, uh, I think you uh, mentioned it's your 15th appearance in the uh, upcoming 2017 Bassmaster Classic. That's one of the big things you're, you're fishing for. You, fished, uh, you finished pretty high in the uh, Angler of the Year uh, running. That's another thing you want to do. So 2016, not as good a year probably as you'd like to have seen because you didn't finish number one, but still a good year for you, sir. Yeah, 16, 2016 was an up-and-down year for me um, in, in, a, in a, lot of, a lot of reasons, um, even though the end result was a, you know, a Bassmasters Classic, which is, you know, uh, which is awesome. That's my goal every year is, is to make that. Um, you know, I, I, I had three top tens this year, and, you know, which is good also, but it was, just, um, it was probably one of the most challenging years that I've had in, in years past. Uh, mainly because I got injured uh, about May um, coming into the season, so about halfway through the, the season, I got. What injured. happened uh, in that day? Oh, my, my wrist. Um, I I I, I re-aggravated uh, it. Um, I had um, an incident about about five years ago um, where I was taking a weigh-in bag off the back of the deck of the boat, and the weight of the the bag and the fish and everything. Um, stretched my my ligaments uh, in my wrist, and uh, which became um, little did I know at, at that moment it was gonna that was the start of it all. And so uh, when I did that, I, I got uh, was I was down for about two months. Luckily, it was at the end of the season during that time, and uh, it was back in 2011, I think. Uh, and so, but anyways, that that cleared up, and well, it it, it resurfaced itself uh, this past May, and it had nothing to do with fishing, just just doing menial stuff and i just happened to um to go a direction i didn't want to and uh and re-aggravated again and then since then i re-aggravated two more times after that throughout the whole season so even though the end result was was good uh i was i fished in pain for the last uh five events and it was uh, very difficult um in, in that set but um i had i had uh, surgery done six weeks ago and um they cleaned everything up so uh i'm looking i'm I, I was happy when um, New Year's Day came around. I, I don't want to look at 16 anymore. <laughs> you know, I want to look forward and look at all the good things that are happening. So, well, I mean, you, know, that, you know, the one thing about 
tournament fishing and people don't understand. I mean, little things make a big difference. When you can't swing at a fish or you can't handle the rod the right way, that's really a mess. I mean, things like you lose one fish in the wrong tournament, and that keeps you from being, like, first for the year <laughs> because of that one fish. Uh, there, it can be any number of little things that can affect you with a huge way for the year. So, But being injured is one of them that really takes it out of you because now you're down for not one tournament. It can be several in a row. And if you continue to fish and, and you've done a great job getting just to the pot, uh, to the part where you're qualified for the fish off at the end of the year, and now you're going to the classic. I mean, that's as good as it gets. I would take that every year and be last. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was really hard because there was two tournaments where I couldn't see a doctor. They were back-to-back, and I, I really had to fish with one, one arm. And it was amazing because both those tournaments I had top tens in them, and I, I don't know what to think of that. I mean, it was just... Well, that's it. Tie one hand behind your back or whatever. But I was casting left-handed. I mean, it was a mess out there. And, um, wow. But you know, I mean, competing at the highest level like that—it's not something you, uh, you know, you're, you're proud of. But um, we got the job done, and, and it was uh, challenging through the rest of the season and so forth. Um, but I'm just glad I got it. I got it. Uh, got it fixed. And uh, I, I see the doctor in Phoenix on Tuesday uh, after my six-week um, post-surgery uh, uh, meeting with him. So. Uh, the good thing is he, he worked on Byron Velvet before, uh, so he, he knew what I do. And, you know, he goes, how many casts do you make a day when you're competing? I said, about eight, 800. And he goes, how long have you been doing this now? And I said, 18 years. <laughs> and he goes, that's a lot. That's a lot. And he said that, um, you know, it's just we're going to go in there, we'll clean it all up, and, and uh, you should be good as new. Um, and uh, we'll see how things are going. And, you know, I have my good days and bad days right now. It still hurts. It's still tender. I did go fishing today for the first time, and I was telling my wife last night. I actually, I was rigging a rod up, my rods up for today because I, I just I needed to go fishing, and um, it had been almost three months since I actually tied a lure on a bait. Oh my gosh! It, it just it felt awkward. It felt weird because I can't do not, I couldn't do anything, and so because I really wanted to heal because I know what's what's coming. I, I've got a full full plate coming, um, you know, here in about three weeks. So. I just want to make sure that I'm I'm healthy and that I took good care of it. So, how long ago was the surgery? Uh, six weeks. Okay. Well, you know, you're 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 going to be right on the edge from all the guys I know that go through this kind of a thing. So I know. You know and he told me that the doctor said he goes, you know, he's uh, he goes, when do you need to go? I said, I need to go by the first of February. And he looked at me, and he goes, ooh. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's, let's see how how it works out but i don't want you doing anything and i and i haven't been and, and i just today i just i was like a little cage bird today i had to get out and i just it felt so good to get on the lake again and catch some fish and, um, you know, but i didn't do anything to dean you know, in 2016 to, i know uh, you fished uh bass but you know, one of the other events that the fishermen are fishing, we had Shaw Grigsby on last week. He says he's having a heck of a good time fishing this is uh, uh, major league fishing. And I, I believe you fish that, too. What are your thoughts about that, uh, that format? Well, I, I love the format. Um, it, it really uh, taxes you to use all of your senses, uh, you know, because you have to catch them right now. And uh, with the live leaderboard, the way it's constructed, you hear the guys catching fish, you know, at that particular time, and it makes you react. Um, you know, it makes you make decisions quicker than you normally would when you have an eight-hour day, and so it. it and a lot of times, it, it just it makes you go 
for me, I, I tend to, to fish smaller things. You know, I try to get something that where I'll get a lot of bites, where it'll be a shaky head, you know, or a small little crankbait, you know, or, or just a real finesse way of fishing, uh, you know, to generate, you know, bites, one-pounders, two-pounders, three-pounders, because, you know, unless you're on, you know, big ones, it really doesn't uh, help you to catch, you know, fours and fives because, the guys catching two pounders are just going to kill you to death. I mean, they, they can catch you know, ten or fifteen of those in a period, and they really really leave you. So, um, it really changes your persona of tournament fishing, and and how you approach the day. And the neat thing about it is, you fish two hours, then you have a half hour break, then you fish another two hours, and you have a half hour break, and then you fish the final period, which is two hours. So, even if they're biting, you have to stop. But in other times, it's, it's worked in my advantage in a way that if I was struggling, it was almost like a timeout. And then I could, I could stop what I'm doing. I can rethink about and, you know, and, and process, you know, this is not working. That's not working. I need to do this. I need to do that. And so you can stop without feeling like you're under the gun to where you have time restraints you know, on, on the fishing end where you can make the adjustments and change lures and, and, and change areas and try and, you know, get back in the game, you know, and, and, and get back to catching fish again. So I always tell people after a full day of a major league fishing event, I feel like I fished a week-long Bassmaster <laughs> yeah. event because the emotional highs and lows throughout the whole day because you're, you're going and you're stopping and you're going and you're stopping again and, you know, and you're watching the leaderboard and, you're, you're, you know, you've got to get in the top four and, and all that stress and all the, you know, the tension, all that stuff that goes on, it's all wrapped up in one day. Oh, yeah, that's that's a real that's like fishing four tournaments. I know in one day. <laughs> I know. That's you know, you get you're, you're going and you're not doing well, but you get a chance to stop. You hear the other guys laughing, giggling, and scratching. And you got to you got to play catch up. You change and it doesn't work. And now you're going, oh crud! <laughs> I got another yeah, tournament. Especially another when they start leaving, whatever it is, start catching more, and you're just you're falling further and further behind. And before you know it, you're. The, the first two guys, you can't even you, you, there's no way you can catch them. So you look yep. at the third and fourth spot, you know, and you're like, man, if I can just catch a five, you know, five more pounds, you know, in the next hour, I, I can I can get back in the game. So, and it happens very quickly too uh, out there. So when when you get on them, and you, you get on the right thing, man, you could really you could really light up the leaderboard. Wow. Now, hey, uh, getting back to 2017, one one of the things I I noticed, uh, Dean. Uh, there's always, I guess, all kinds of changes in the Bassmaster rules that come on up. Some of them seem to be, you know, the things that, you know, us as the outsiders don't really look at. But one of the, the rules for this year that I noticed, they are going to allow 10-foot rods for the elite fishermen and, and the Bassmasters to fish with. What was, the, what was the thinking behind that, and who would that benefit, do you think? Um, I don't know. I, I think that just you know, there some of the, some of the the bass rules have been around for you know forty years, you know, and so they you know they're always they're, they've in the last probably last three or four years they've really just you know let the anglers you know have they have an advisory board and we they talk and they they do a lot of rule changes and I think bass is just I wouldn't say tired of fighting with us in a way, but but you know they're like man we. You know, yeah, we could we could probably loosen this up a little bit. It's not going to change a whole lot. We can loosen that up, or you know, let's let's try this for a year. You know, so you know, I I, I applaud Bass because they are keeping an open mind. Um, you know, to to the con- conditions that are changing in our fishing industry, for that matter. Uh, so with with them, uh, you know, doing the the ten foot um, you know, rod deal. I mean, it, it's not going to affect me because I don't. 
I can barely handle a seven and a half foot rod. I don't know what I'm going to do with a ten foot rod. <laughs> you know, I, I was mean, just I'm thinking about that. You know, where does that come into play? play? You know, I, I just I don't. I understand the long cast. Okay, I understand you know getting you know firing a crankbait way out there or whatever a swim bait, whatever you're going to throw. I get it. I understand that. But I just uh, I mean our boats are barely they're twenty feet long and our our rod boxes are barely eight and a half feet. I, I don't I don't know where they're going to put them. Uh, I don't know how they're going to they're going to do it. But, so I just. It's one of those rules. I think that a few people just wanted to, you know, um, to have it. Maybe for for what what they would like to do. It, it really doesn't affect me at all in, in my way of fishing because I don't fish a lot like that. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. You know, they're they're going to they're going to hit some people on the boat. I can promise you that because I already do it now with a seven and a half foot rod. I mean, you can you're going to hit somebody back there, your marshal or your camera guy. So it's well, you know, that's I was just thinking about that. Before you said that, you know, that's really going to put throw a dynamic into the sport that you haven't been used to seeing. Um, we had a, I had an Army helmet with a guy that had a long rod when we were fishing way back when. I'd put it on when I got him in the boat because he was always swinging that crankbait around and you were always ducking. And there was a joke, but when you start swinging a 10-foot rod, especially with weight on it, it's got a, the dynamic one for a crankbait or a jerkbait or whatever you're throwing on a 10-foot stick changes everything in the boat and there's going to be some changes to that fishing rod to find out how that thing will work the best for whatever bait that you're throwing with it because uh, trying to get that fish one on the hook with a 10-foot rod keep him on get him to the boat especially on a long cast that really is a change up the i don't know that everybody understands yet and if they're going to use it for tule dipping it's a different story altogether so that's a rod that's going to go through, I bet, some real changes over the year. Hey, hey, Dean, we got to yeah. take a break right now. Anyway, okay. we can uh, talk you on staying on the line for a little bit. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and Stan, you had to wear that helmet because the time you were fishing, uh, we were fishing out of 16-foot barges. And so well, guys <laughs> flinging around crankbaits, man, you needed some uh, protective uh, headwear. Well, we had one guy that we were all ducking because he was in the boat. That was just him, <laughs> but it was a joke. Now you might need it. The cameraman's going to use it if he's standing behind you. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, we got to take a break right now. You're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. Our special guest right now is Dean Rojas, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the upcoming Bassmaster Classic and a few other things that I think are near and dear to Dean's heart. So stay tuned. There's a lot more to come after these messages. Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory-authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory-authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net. Katsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Dan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Our special guest this hour is Pro Bass Angler, Dean Rojas. And before we get off the uh, subject of 10-foot rods, uh, Stan, you had one more question for Dean on that subject. Yeah, I was just wondering, Dean, you know, when you brought that up, I'm sitting here contemplating where do you use that. Where do you think that that 10-foot rod will come into play in the arena that you're fishing back there, or the guys will use it? You know, I, that's a good question. Um, you know, the lakes that we're going to, I'm looking at my schedule right now, and the only one that I would think that it would, would be beneficial would be Toledo Bend, um, maybe a Sam Rayburn. But the other ten events are all basically, and we have three three smallmouth deals, and I don't, the, the, you're not going to use a big rod. You're really, everybody's no. using a fairy wand during that time. And so basically all you're going to have is just maybe one or two tournaments where they're going to be able to throw that big rod uh, and I, I just, I don't, I just don't see it because they're all. What do you think they'll be throwing on that thing? And, and like why? A swim bait or a deep crankbait? I think would, would probably be the the, the the two big ones that they'll be doing on that. You know, wow. there's so many guys you know out here on the west coast that that, that fish big rods like that. Anyways, um, you know, when they're throwing swim baits and so forth. So you know, that's just one last thing that needs to you know that's going you know back east and so forth. And I know Byron. You know, he did a lot of that too, and he he was always throwing eight foot rod. I know because he's he's with Duckett, and I, I I and I'm with Duckett also, fishing, and so I, I see his rods that that he designed, you know, and the thought process that he went into that, and that was specifically for you know those those big those bigger swim baits. 
Yeah, when you get into what that, the swim bait rod, I get. You know, when you're fishing an eight foot rod, that's one thing. And and sometimes, depending on the bait, you want one with a little less tip, a little bit more tip. I think that rod will have to go through some kind of renovation, to, depending on what they're using it for. But the the thing that you deal with then, it they use ten foot sticks in the ocean because you need length and you want to cast a heavier weight a long way. If you start doing that in freshwater, trying to get that fish back to the boat and stay on the hook, getting the hook in the fish, keeping it in the fish really becomes now a different ordeal. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how this rod kind of goes through its own uh, innovation over the next few years as they start using this particular 10-foot rod for different particular baits because it's going to be a tool for one or two things just like you were saying. Even if it catches yeah, but on. Can, can you imagine tr- trying to land a bass, the ten foot rod on the on the front of a bass boat? No, not in that. You know, there's, there's, I'm saying that there's going to be some change up here because when you try to figure out how to lift that thing into your boat, one, the rod has to be able to handle the fish. Now, it has to be able to handle the bait, the line, hang the fish, get the hook in the fish, get him up to the boat without a net, get him into the boat. And it's tough enough watching some of these guys just land a fish with a seven-foot rod like you're just saying. It'll be an interesting proposition now if you're flipping or pitching or tule dipping, maybe. But that's a whole different ball game right there. That's different. So, Well, hey, let's go on. Hey, Dean, we've got the 2017 Bassmaster Classic coming up. Tell us, uh, where is it going to be this year? And... What are uh, what are your feelings about the body of water you're going to be fishing? Uh, it's going to be on Lake Conroe, uh, which is in Houston, Texas, and it's going to be the, uh, the fourth weekend in March. And so, a little bit later than we've we've done our previous classics. Uh, this is a kind of a unique year in a way that we have two tour events before the actual Bassmasters Classic. So oh, my wow. season starts uh, the first week of February will be my first event, and then we go from, and that'll be up in Tennessee. Uh, it's going to be freezing cold up there. It's and snow then on the we, ground we, now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I-40. Yeah, yeah, and then we go, we wait We wait a week, and then we head down to, to sunny Florida, down to Lake Okeechobee, so um, right after that. And then uh, after that, we have a couple weeks off, and then we go to the Bass Nations Classic in Houston, Texas. So, you know, the, the Classic is on my mind, but it's not a priority right now, if, if that makes any sense. And usually, you know, the Classic's everything right now. But right now, Lake Cherokee and, and me just getting healthy, and I just want to take one tournament at a time right now. No and, kidding. Uh, you know, one day at a time and, and, you know, and focus on Lake Cherokee and, and the Big O, um, you know, uh, an Okeechobee, and then you know, obviously the Classic is going to have all the great things that you know that that thing brings, and and I'll I'll be ready. By Which wrist? So forth. Which wrist is it, Dean? It's it's my right wrist. Oh, at least you can you can you know make that one ride along in the cast. You're right-handed, aren't you? Yes, and, and what what I've been doing is is casting left-handed, and uh, I've become quite quite good at it. I did a lot a lot of it today, and even over you know the, the course of the 2016 season, that's all I would do is cast left-handed. I, I can wind, but you know, fine um, um, during that time, but after the surgery, I, I I haven't I haven't tried to do anything until the doctor says it's okay uh, to do it. So. Um, but but right now I'm doing okay left-handed. It's, it's okay. It's it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll be all right. I'm, I mean, Lake Cherokee is, is like it's like fishing Shasta or Oroville. It's just it's just their clay banks, rocks, riprap. I mean, it's 
the water's going to be low. You know, it's going to be it's going to be fishing like those type of lakes. So I, I'm, I'll be fine there. And then Okeechobee will be all pitching and flipping, which I flip with my left hand anyways. You know, so it'll be, it'll, I'll be all right. I'm, I'm not I'm not too concerned about. So it. where's when's the classic and what lake you're fishing there? Uh, it'll be on Lake Conroe in Texas, and it'll be the third or uh, fourth weekend of March. Wow. At least you should be getting some warm weather down there compared to Grand Lake in uh, in Tulsa, where you you were really lucky. You dodged the weather there last year because there was horrendous weather before, horrendous weather afterwards, but the heavens opened up and you had at least reasonable weather for the Classic. Yeah, Conroe, they got they got some giants there. It's going to take some humongous weight there to win that event. And um, it, they're, they're either going to be, all of them are going to be on the bank or they're going to be, and and you know post spawn in that in that range during during that time. So I mean fourth week of March, yeah, it's going to be really good. It should be really it should be awesome down there. So um, it's I'm bringing all my big baits for down there. <laughs> well, you know, didn't we? Yeah, I, and we ask the guys all the time, how do you prepare to fish such a major event on a body of water that you may not be familiar with, or possibly may never have been on before? Well, um, I'm going to three of those lakes this, this year on, on, this, on the tour. I've never been to Lake Cherokee. I've never been to Lake Conroe, and I've never been to Ross Barnett uh, in Mississippi. So there's, there's three you know, new lakes that are going to be brand new to me. Um, you know, and, and the tough thing that I have to do is I have to pack for 12 lakes. So um, when, I, when I prep, which I'm doing right now, which I've been doing, uh, is I have the sheet with, with the schedule and the dates and the times and when I'm going to be there. And as I work on my tackle, I, I, every time I go through my, my soft plastics, you know, whether it be my finesse worms or my fighting frogs or flipping baits, all that, I look at the lakes and I, and I think of the colors that I'm going to need for those particular lakes, that are, you know, the watercolor, because, you know, I, I kind of know what to expect because I've been doing it for so long. But, I mean, I do that with my crankbaits, you know, my topwaters, I mean, my chatterbaits. I mean, you name it. I, every, every classic or every, every type of lure I have that I use, I, I go through and make sure that the hooks are sharp and everything, everything that I put in the tackle box is, is 100%. It's the best that it's going to be. That way, when I grab it on the water, I got the, I got the best thing that, that I could possibly put on. So I think I people that, have to understand each lake has its own personality, and yep. and it's and they, and they bite different things at different times of the year. So you have to really, really sit down and pre-program each. Each lake has its own tackle box, if you want to call it that, because what they do on one lake, they don't do on the other lake. And uh, exactly right. Really sit down and figure that out, and get a you get a starting game plan, and then you kind of peek and tweak it after you get on the pond to do some some pre-fishing, and then you hope that you've got everything right when you start your game plan. And even during the game, you're going to be peeking and tweaking. So you you might have to go back to the truck and go, you know, where where is that other stuff that I put for that other lake in there? It might work here. And the only disadvantage for me being from the West is once my truck and boat leave here, it doesn't come back till the end of the season. So it's not like, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, they go home and they can repack and bring stuff for – when I take everything, everything goes I mean, from – you know, the stuff that I'm going to fish in the first two tournaments to the, the stuff I'm going to fish in the last two tournaments, which is all uh, small wild stuff. I You're mean, on I, the road the whole through. time. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, it never comes back here until, until the end of the season. It's, just, it's not feasible for me to drive the thing back here. It's, it's easier for me to hop on a plane for 200 bucks and I'm back, I'm back home. Yep. You know, instead of trucking you know, two, two, two days on the road to get back and then two days to get back there again, 
it's just it's just not worth it. And so those are the things that people don't understand about you know being a professional angler and the the all the things that you, all the hurdles you have to jump through to try and you know do this you know for a living. It's it, there's a lot that goes into it, and there's a lot of time away from home, a lot of road time, you know, and the, you know the competition. Um, you know, and, and competing at that level against the best guys in, in the country on their home water. I mean, you know, none of these lakes are my, my home lakes. You know, I, these are all lakes that I have fished a couple times on, if that. Um, so, you know, it, it's tough going to somebody else's backyard and, and you know, and, and holding your own. Um, it's, it's very demanding. Um, so you see a lot of people, that they, they struggle with it. Um, but, um, you know, it's just... I kind of have a little formula that I do, and it seems to work for me. Well, you know, you've done really well, though, Dean, and, and people don't understand, like you're saying, how tough it is. When you're going to go out and fish strange, strange water you're not used to, and it and that water changes year to year to year, too. I mean, it's just like any other lake, and it goes through changes. That You can get there and think, you know, I'm going to do this, and that's completely different than what you think. Yeah. You uh, know to be able to be at our, our Elite Series as, tournament here um, at, at Havasu, um, you know, everybody thinks the you know the home water and everything was great. And and for so many years, when I I would come home after an event, um, you know, it was always just like you know decompress. You know, I put stuff away. I don't want to talk about fishing right now. You know, I just kind of wanted to just hang out with my family. And so during the practice rounds here, I found myself as soon as I got home, I, got, I went into that mode of just like you know, you know the chores need to get done or something needed to get around the house, and I just I just started to relax. And it was really an awkward feeling. Uh, for me, um, for doing it so many years on the on the tour, because when I go to an event, I I'm engrossed in it. I mean, I am <laughs> eating it, living it, sleeping it. I mean, that's all I do is I think about that lake and how am I going to do the best that I possibly can in this event. Here, as soon as I got home, I'm like, hey, let's go hang out. Hey, let's go see. You know, I mean, it was just, it was, just, it was totally different, you know, and it was just awkward. Even though I I, I finished really well and everything, it was just um, I didn't really like it that much. It was kind of weird. Well, you know, it's like bringing your work home. I who who likes bringing their work home? <laughs> you know, and, and not only that, Dean. Did you find that you you thought that when you did fish Havasu, and I was fortunate enough to to be there and spend some time with you, uh, when you're there, is there undue pressure because of the fact that uh, people perceive that as being your home lake, and you should automatically uh, do well there? Yeah, I mean that, that that happens all everywhere we go, and, and it, it's amazing because there we've gone so many places where there the guy lives on the lake or you know has won countless events there, you know, and he, he lives twenty miles away, and he comes in with one or two fish. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's crazy. I've seen it happen so many times, but for me, it, it was it was a lot bigger than that, John. I, I had a lot of a lot to do with with bringing the event here and everything, and I, and I think for me, I was most proud of. Uh, was 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 how the lake performed, and and to hear the the anglers afterwards, you know, praise up and down about Lake Havasu and 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 the West, and 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 to say good things about you know what we have out here because, you know, I mean, I remember, I mean, I was on the bubble. I finished like fifty first, you know, yeah. after Friday. I barely squeaked in to fish on Saturday, you know, and I had like you know, I don't know, twenty seven pounds, I think it was. You know, for two days, <laughs> you know, and I mean, twenty-seven pounds for two days on Havasu. I mean, and and I was getting left. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, so for me, it it, it was a victory in itself because the lake was was performed 
awesomely, and, and which, which I knew it would. And and the, and the, the city was happy, uh, the organization was happy, and the Anglers were happy. So for me, it was a victory uh, in, in itself on that. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they'll ever come back. You know, I can don't. see where when you're on the tour and you, you're so zonal. If you're in a U.S. Open or you're in some right. arena where you've got to really be focused, and you come back home, and okay, this is like I know. You know, now you're running some of the program. We got people here, and you're bringing it. I can see where you know what I'm going to relax a little bit because I know I'm going to catch them. Although I don't want to be last, <laughs> so, <laughs> I still want to be in the hunt. But that makes sense to me. But and then having all the other anglers because everybody loved it. I mean, they just had a blast. So I know. Oh, well, you know, we have the Rod and Reel Radio. Uh, microphones there and probably did maybe 30 35 interviews for the two days we were there and unfortunately we didn't get a chance to play them all but i did not find one fisherman there that was critical about fishing that lake as a, as a matter of fact uh, a, a couple of the fishermen that didn't make the uh, the cut after two days they sticked around because they heard there was great brim fishing there and they wanted to go over and catch them big old brim <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's, a, that's another uh, thing on Lake Havasu is, is the big the big bluegill. Like, uh, All right, you got some big ones. <laughs> hey, if you've ever fished the Bronze Eye Frog manufactured by uh, Spro, this is the guy that you've got to thank for designing it. We're gonna uh, come back, and Dean, I hope you can stay with us for just a little bit longer. Sure, yeah, we can do another session. That'd be great. We're, we're gonna talk about uh, a little bit about some of the Spro products and other sponsors that Dean has, and. What might be in store for us fishermen with products that Dean has designed for 2017? So stay tuned. You're listening to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but we'll be back after these messages with Dean Rojas. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin 6 ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at Chief Sport Fish Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. 
1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. And welcome back to Rod Real Radio. It's Dan, Wendy, and I, we are talking with pro angler Dean Rojas. And, Dean, welcome to the show, sir. Oh, it's always glad to be here, John. You know, uh, we've talked about your fishing, uh, but, you know, a lot of people may not recognize that you're just one heck of a lure designer. And I, I just want to take, uh, take this time out to relay a story, and I'm going to leave a lot of the details out of it. But I remember many years ago, we were at our industry show in Las Vegas, and a, a, new, sp- a new frog that you had designed had just taken lure of the, of the year at that show. And uh, we're all uh, there uh, thinking, hey, this is great. And uh, I remember yourself and uh, the uh, general manager for uh, Spro uh, talking with the owner of Spro going, you know, we need a gamakatsu hook for this product. And uh, I remember the manager or the owner saying, you know, I don't know if I want to break into our production line to make 50,000 hooks for this frog. Well, Dean, tell me. Was it was it a good decision that he made? Uh, uh, started to make hooks for the Spro Bronzei frog. Well, it's about twelve years ago, John, that all that went down. And, <laughs> and yes, that you tell the story well because it's exactly how it happened. Um, the gentleman you're talking about, Mr. Fiji, he uh, he passed about three years ago. Uh, but yes, the, the conversation was 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 a lot like that, and he could not uh, comprehend why we needed so many hooks for a hollow belly frog. Um, but um, he soon realized that after all the sales and the, the, the demands uh, for that particular bait and that hook, uh, basically kind of just opened the door up you know, to a lot of other companies you know, designing and coming out uh, with their own version of a, of, a, of a hollow belly frog. So now frogs is, is, is a, a main arsenal of, of every bass pro uh, on the tour and, and probably every weekend angler on top of that. So... It's it's fun to be able to develop lures that help people catch fish and have a, have a have a great time with that. And some of the best emails that I get are are from dads and you know telling me that their sons are so happy you know or that they're happy that their sons actually want to go fishing now because they want to throw a frog and uh, you know the frog fishing is, is because it's a topwater bait is so appealing and um, it's just like watching a bobber going going down when you're when you're fishing for brim. Well, you started off with that bronze-eye frog, and, you know, at that time, Spro here in the United States, they were trying to get into products, and they had some products, and some of them were okay. Others were just kind of lukewarm. 
accepted, and then all of a sudden this hollow belly came on out. And tell us, after the, the Bronze Eye, and I think it was the Bronze Eye 65, tell us what other products evolved around this product that you had uh, firsthand uh, hands-on experience with in designing. Well, when we, when we built the Bronze Eye, um, I was asked to, to build two of them in, in, in the sense of a, of, of a different style of a popping frog. And so I designed both of them, and um, the Bronze Eye, the first one, sold so well that we, we put the, the popper on the shelf for two years before we came out with, with that, um, which, is a, which is a mainstay right now. The popper right now almost supersedes our sales for our regular Bronze Eye. It's become such a popular bait um, you know, for us and for, for all the recreational anglers uh, out there. But those two were, were built at the same time uh, in the sense that we, they were designed since then, uh, we have a Bronze Eye Junior. Um, we have, um, you know, the, obviously the King Daddy, which is our really big one with a double six-odd hook in it. And then we have a Spit and Shad, and then the, um, the Pop and Shad, which is the new one coming out that, that uh, we introduced at ICAST this year. So we have a, we're always trying to evolve and trying to make something different and something new that's innovative in the industry of the hollow belly um, baits and so forth. So... The new one that we introduced at ICAST is uh, is I'm really excited about. I'm, I'm almost as excited about it as I was for the original Bronze Eye because I got to use it this year and uh, it, it it performed flawlessly. And I caught a lot of big fish on it, and I was really happy the way it was all designed, the way it all came came about. And of course, it took you know 15 months to finally get some some you know some good copies of it. And so we, once we got that, we ended, we launched at ICAST, huge success. We have a lot of lot of lot of orders to fill, so um, I should be getting them here pretty soon for the beginning of the season. Yeah, you and, know, uh, I got I got to tell another story, Dean. I was uh, lucky enough to be visiting with you the day that the prototypes for that prop and frog showed up, and I think it was <laughs> in a Caltrans orange and. You know, we run into yeah. your backyard yeah. and you, your pool back there, and you tie that thing up and you throw it across the pool. And I remember you working that thing on the Dean Rojas uh, uh, frog rod, and that thing is spitting and popping and jumping all over the place yeah. and yeah. swirling back yeah. and forth. You are making that thing dance, and you go, "Here, John, you got to try this thing." So you give me the rod and reel, and I whip that thing across. The pool. I'm happy to hit the water, and I'm making that rod work, and I'm taking the tip, and I'm doing everything like that. And the rod is the frog is going bloop, yeah, bloop, <laughs> bloop. And you look at me, and you go, "You don't throw the frog that often, do you, John?" <laughs> you have you have come up with some techniques that really make that frog work. But what? How is that that new spitting frog? Uh, uh, Different than the, you know the sixty five or the sixty uh, uh, or the glide uh, hook itself, much like a bronze eye. But we, I, I, I took something off of a uh, a design like a pencil popper. If you ever seen a pencil popper, sure. where you know the, the, the very top of the lip is is cupped, but the bottom of it is shaved down. Okay, so it allows the water to flow underneath the bait. Instead of a popping frog, which grabs the water and throws it, this causes it to spit it. So that, that's exactly what what I wanted, and and so we designed it. And now this thing it spits, it walks, it it just does so many neat things that I've, I've wanted for so long in a in a popper type bait. Um, you know, and out here, I, you know, the Ricos, you know, the 
uh, Yellow Magics, those, 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 those Michaels, those baits, we all know how well those things work on Mead and Havasu and all the desert lakes and you know, in and around stuff. So I wanted something a lot like that to where it had that nice little spit, a little little pop, you know, and well, we got it now. And this, this, this bait is phenomenal. All the colors, there, there are no frog colors uh, on this bait. All the colors are all bait fish colors. Really? So I'm really excited about that, um, and, and that's what it is. It's a bait fish that has. It's a hollow belly bait fish, basically. So we're really excited about you got it. Got my uh, attention. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, you could throw it on Lake Mead if you want. I mean, you, whatever you want to do. I, it just, and that's what I wanted to build it for, to where you can fish open water with it, or you can fish the thickest, maddest stuff you know you you want up up, up the California Delta or Clear Lake. It doesn't matter. And you know we got good components in there. We've got a, you know a great gamagatsu hook on there. You know, and it, it's it's built right, and it's not going to rip or tear. It's, it's it's I made sure of that. It's well, be- hey, hey, Dean, in the few minutes we have left, and I can't believe almost a whole hour has gone by, wow. uh, and and there's things that we haven't even begun to approach. You can't do what you're doing without some great sponsors, and and just tell us. You know, in the time that we have left, some of the sponsors that helped get you to where you are today and are going to get you through 2017. Yeah, it's, you know, it's um, all my companies. I've I've been with them for so long. I mean, Skeeter and Yamaha, I've been with them since the beginning of my career. And it's um, it's well over 20 years now uh, since I bought my first boat with them. And, you know, they've been behind me 100% all the way through. And and they're just great people, great companies, and they build great products. Um, you know, Gander Mountain's my big corporate sponsor. They they take care of me. They um, they make sure that I get all the tackle that I need and all the clothes and stuff. And it's um, it's it's fun during Christmas time when I can go to a store and you know I still have to pay for this stuff. It's not like I just get all the stuff for free. <laughs> yeah. <so. Yeah. laughs> well, they but run you around though, though, Dean. I mean, how many Gander Mountains do you think you visited in 2016? Uh, probably at least ten. Yeah. I had to do a lot of a lot of promotions this year with them, but um, yeah, and that's normally uh, on what a lot of people would consider your weekends off. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised how many weekends I actually have where I don't do anything. It's usually um, that's why the home time is, is such a, a good thing for me. I, sure. I need to be home and well, my family and so. Forth, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dean. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the other no, people, you know, uh, Duckett Fishing. Yeah, I've been with them for um, going on four years now. Uh, you know, they do my rods and reels. Boy, Duckett's a, a great individual and uh, just a. Uh, a big, I'm a big fan of his and just um, his whole way of business thinking and everything he, he does is, is cool. I like being around him. Spro Gamagatsu, obviously, you know, with my frog and everything. And uh, Sunline, they build all my braid for my frog and, and, and some of the best fluorocarbon on the planet. Uh, couldn't do without them. Power Pole, been awesome. Big Buy Baits, they build all my soft plastic baits, all my fighting frogs and so forth. And, you know, I've been with them for 10 years, you know, and... and Power poles. I was the first one to use a power pole in 2002. I mean, I could just go on and on. It's just, it's just great companies and great people. Um, Gill Outer Wheel that could keep me warm and keep me dry the whole time out on the water. I'm always comfortable out there and so forth. Um, you know, I just, I'm just very fortunate, John. I, I've got a lot of good companies that um, that I've, sur- I've surrounded myself with that have built great products and uh, they, they were able to provide for me the, the tools that I need to do my job. And I'm very grateful. I'm, I'm so appreciative. And But I couldn't have done it without you or Paul Leader in the very beginning. You guys are the best. I love you guys. And uh, I wouldn't be here with, if it wasn't for you guys. Well, we want to thank you for spending some of your Sunday with us, especially being at home, uh, you know, Sunday night. I know your family 
It's important to you, and you love spending time with you. And we're going to be keeping track of you, Dean, and hopefully uh, during the course of the year we'll have an opportunity to speak to you uh, a few more times and talk to you about your successes on the tour. Uh, and all, uh, all we can do is just wish you a very successful 2017. Well, just plan on March 26th. The evening hey. around 8 o'clock after I win the Bass Masters Classic. All right, that, let's do it. talking, buddy. That's what I like to hear right there. <laughs> hey, thank you, Dean. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. All right, you guys. Have a wonderful evening. All, All right. the best, Dean. Hey. Bye-bye. Guys, that's great. You know, uh, you know, a lot of people think there's a lot of glamour being a professional fisherman, but uh, there's a, a lot of downside to it, too, and uh, a lot of it is family and uh your own personal time. And he's time, no spring so. chicken either anymore. Uh, pardon me, uh, what's that? And he's no spring chicken anymore either. Well, we didn't want to bring that to his attention, Wendy. I'm glad he hung up or else we may never get him again. But it's a lot, you know, people think it's great, you know, the, what you see on TV, but going driving in between, there's a lot of downtime, there's a lot of stress involved, get to the next lake, try and figure out what to do. You pre-fish one way ahead of time, then you go to the next tournament, then you go to the one you just pre-fish for, and you pre-fish for another one. It's, it's a continuum that is a lot of work, and there's a lot of mental uh, thought processing that goes into that stuff, and you've got to be real zonal. I mean, he's what he was talking about, he, he's so involved with what he does. His wife has to be a complete jewel because oh, she she's, is. It's, it's, got a, it's a very tough life. Uh, oh, yeah, their... look at Leslie. Leslie has to do all, you know, help out with Aaron, too. Oh, yeah, well, Leslie's been, she took over the job of running the business for, and, and they're all making all the decisions for Aaron, while well, he could just get zonal and stay in that spot. Hey, guys, uh, we've just about run out of time tonight. We want to l- remind our listeners that coming up on uh, January the 21st, the San Diego Anglers Open Bay Bass Tournament is going to be happening. Uh, go over to your local uh, tackle store and get yourself an entry form to fish that thing. That's going to be the 21st. And then soon thereafter, the Port of San Diego, they're going to be closing the long tramp for the most part. There will be one lane left open, but you can uh, probably imagine uh, uh, how tough it's going to be to gain access to that. And that uh, long tramp is going to be closed for maybe eight months as they are renovating the entire area over there. What are the guides so, going to do down there? You know, uh, they're going to have to go out of Glorieta, they're going to have to go out of Chula Vista, or National City, or they're going to have to launch out of Mission Bay. It's going to be tough. Oh, well, life goes on. Hey, guys, on, on behalf of Stan and Wendy and Jorge and the AM540 Studios, always, and Ben Harvey, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McEwen, the, the guys that really started the show, got us going. You have yourself a great week. Thanks a lot for uh, hanging with us tonight. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next Sunday night on AM540 at 5.05 p.m with some of the up-to-date information on what's happening out there on the fresh and saltwater side of the fishing world. So until then, on behalf of all of us, good night, everyone. We'll see you out in the water. We're out for now. You want to go fishing? How you know?